All right, y'all, welcome back to part two uh, on effective listening. So hopefully you listened to part one. If not, I'll put a link to it here or maybe here. Let's see where we can figure out how to put it. But there'll be a link to part one on this, the four skills that help us listen effectively. But I want to talk right now about seven obstacles to good, to good effective listening. What gets in the way of us listening well? So the first obstacle I want to talk about is we have a hard time decentering. We have a hard time getting outside of ourselves. We're preoccupied with ourselves. It's really hard to listen well to someone else when I'm concerned with my own goals, my own feelings, my own idea, my own agenda, wanting to get my own point across. You know, it's not a novel uh, idea, but you know, I've heard it said that most of what we call listening today is a pause where I'm just waiting to say what I want to say. I'm not really being drawn into somebody else's experience or thought. What I'm doing is I'm uh, just waiting until they're done so that I can speak. And so not being willing to decenter, let go of my agenda, my ideas, my goals, my feelings, my, and to be drawn into somebody else's experience gets in the way of good listening. The second thing is something called transference. This is an old sort of psychodynamic term um, in psychology. But transference is when we remind the person we're talking to, when we remind the person we're talking to of someone they know in their past, and they respond to us as if we're that person. So maybe we remind the the person that we're speaking to of an old uh, romantic partner. Maybe we remind them of their siblings. Maybe we remind them of a father figure or a mother figure. Maybe we remind them of um, somebody who bullied them. So what can happen, what can get in the way of me listening well is when somebody seems to be responding to me in a way that um, doesn't feel like it's congruent to who I am. It doesn't feel like they're responding to me as me. It feels like they're responding to me um, based on something that I'm not aware of, but I feel it. And so transference can get in the way of me listening well because it seems like this person is responding from a place that has nothing to do with me. And and I I can sense that. And so transference is a problem. Here's the other thing that can get in the way of good listening. Point three, countertransference. Countertransference is when the person I'm speaking to, and this is probably more important, when the person I'm speaking to reminds me of someone from my past and I begin to treat them with those feelings or treat them as if um, uh, they are that person from my past, right? I allow those feelings that are arising in me to influence how I see them and how I uh, speak to them and how I listen to them. So let's say the person across from me reminds me of somebody who bullied me, somebody who uh, broke my heart, somebody who abandoned me or left me. Um, they remind me of a parent or a spouse, a former spouse, an ex-husband, an ex-wife. Right? This can absolutely shape the way I, I approach that person and how deeply I listen to them. So if we want to listen well, one of the things we have to do is recognize when I'm being reminded of somebody in my past and I'm treating the person in front of me as if they're that person or as if they're going to act the same way or treat me the same way. I'm not allowing this person in front of me to be a unique individual. I'm not allowing them to be themselves. I'm imposing this sort of past significant other onto them and responding as such. 
So I have to be mindful when this comes up and try to separate those feelings out and remind myself that this, is, this isn't the person that picked on me. This isn't the person that broke my heart. And try to be present to the unique person in front of me. So um, we've got one, being concerned with our own agenda. We've got two, um, transference, three, counter-transference. I want to talk about uh, bias, having a bias about the speaker. So we might have all sorts of uh, particular thoughts or biases about the person who's speaking to us. Um, we can have an attitude, a preconceived attitude or notion that shapes how we hear what they're saying. The truth is when I really care about somebody, when I love somebody, I tend to listen to them in a way that gives them the benefit of the doubt. When I really love somebody, I tend to listen to them in a way that um, is compassionate, um, is of gentle it's I'll, I'll I'm almost quick to justify uh, quick to justify any sort of um, you know character flaws that might arise or emerge or like I'm really generous when I'm listening to someone I love now if there's somebody who I know disagrees with me and we see this we see this with politics we see this with religion we see this on hot-button topics when I know somebody holds a, a contrary position, that tends to bias the way I hear information that they're saying. So if my wife expresses anger or frustration, I listen gently and compassionately. When somebody who disagrees with me politically expresses anger, I can hear what they're saying differently based on the biases I hold against them. And so I need to be aware when I go into situations, sort of which biases are being activated in any given moment. And as I'm listening, I need to be aware, am I filtering this through my bias? Am I, am I hearing this through that lens, right? Or am I hearing this through that filter and not giving the person the benefit of the doubt or a charitable read? And so our biases can absolutely influence how we hear people. Um, the sixth thing, confusing reassuring with listening. Look, listening well isn't just about reassuring a person or condoning everything a person says, right? Deep listening doesn't mean I agree with everything you say. It doesn't mean I try to constantly reassure you. Um, it doesn't mean I condone what you're doing. Listening means I'm trying to understand. And so if I'm, I'm not listening well, one way to not listen well is to sort of think that I just need to reassure you or condone what you're saying or yes you all the time. Oh, that's right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right. No, deep listening can actually go, go f much further beyond that. Um, and it's a much more human process in that it's genuine, right? I don't have to agree with everything you're saying in order to listen well. But just reassuring or constantly condoning can stop me at the surface of the conversation and not allow me to um, step into deeper understanding. Uh, and the last thing is, the seventh thing that sort of prevents me from listening well is trying to constantly bring conversations back to topics I know, topics I understand, or the language I'm comfortable with. Listen, if I want to listen well, that can be scary, right? To really listen to somebody means to allow myself to be drawn into their experience, and that means I don't always know what I'm going to hear. That means I don't always know what they're going to say. That means I'm not always going to have an answer, and I don't like not having an answer. 
It can feel really uncomfortable to not have an answer. It can feel like we're supposed to have an answer. And so oftentimes what we do is we take what somebody's saying and we try to put it in language that we understand, or we put it in terms that are comfortable and familiar to us so that it reduces our anxiety as the listener and so that it gives me a framework to try to help them with, right? But that can actually be pretty invalidating when you're speaking to somebody who sort of takes what you say and brings it back into their own language, their own terms, and sort of immediately tries to fix you um, or immediately tries to solve your problem. Listening means about, listening means rather being decentered, drawn into somebody's experience. It means less of me, right? And, and more of the other, following the other, learning to be quiet. Good listening is about learning to be quiet and not having to fill every silence. Allowing silences to be present and allowing silences to speak. And so um, the final obstacle, sort of overcoming my fear and not having to constantly bring every topic back to something I know. And we all know people who do this, right? You'll be talking about something and they'll say, oh yeah, 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 that reminds me of the time I went to such and such and I felt lost too. Oftentimes, this can be done in a spirit of wanting to relate to the other. But in doing so, it brings the focus back to us rather than the person we're trying to listen or want to listen to. So if we can really understand some of the obstacles to effective listening, that can help us in being better listeners, right? Learning how to de-center and let go of my goals, my ideas, my agenda, my feelings, Noticing my trans, noticing transference, noticing my counter-transference, noticing the biases I have that are shaping how I'm hearing what the person's saying, um, not reassuring all the time, not having to condone all the time, but really listening, and not being afraid and bringing everything back to, to something I'm familiar with. These things, if we become aware of these, if we really start to pay attention to these obstacles, notice when they arise and try to practice sort of the opposite action tendency, then I think we can communicate uh, a deeper understanding and a better sense of effective listening to those that we're interacting with. Hope these help.